0: We're going to dive into the word for today, and uh, you can maybe pick up from the scripture kind of where we're headed, Um, and I want to prepare our hearts and our minds for what God has to say. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. Um, God kind of gave me this a while ago um, as I was preparing for what our messages might look like through the year, and uh, he really just pressed this upon my heart, this particular topic, and it hits close to home, and even as I was coming up with it, it really hit close to home. And I believe that God wants to say something to you uh, as, he's gonna, uh, as he said something to me on that day. So what I want to encourage you to do is actually reach out to someone right now, right? Hit somebody up and let them know, hey, we're getting into the word for today. Uh, I think it's going to be a good word for, that you want to hear. Uh, as we already read the scripture, we're going to be zeroing in on something that all of us have struggled with at some point or another. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 25, 30, 40, 50 years. I don't care if this is your first time attending church. You've dealt with this in your own life. I'm 100% sure. We all want to move from one place to another. Remember when we first started Radiate back in September of 2020, uh, we talked about God doing something new, God moving us from one place to another or transitioning us, doing something new in our lives leaving the old and coming to the new. And oftentimes while the journey of elevating can be difficult in and of itself and it has its own challenges, one thing that often stands out as the most difficult part for us, there's one thing that stands out as the most difficult part. It is the notion of what we leave behind. Whether it is people, whether it is things, whether it is an event or circumstances, We often tend to think about the times, the things, the people, the places that we once knew. And sooner or later, we find ourselves doing what I'm going to call today is called the look back. The look back. You know what the look back is. It's when you turn your head and you take a second glance. Or you return back to something that is the same old, same old. Or you meditate on what used to be. The look back is simply placing your focus and attention on what was rather than what is coming. We see this here with Lot's wife, right? As we read the scripture, we already read the text and we have an understanding of it. But as he was leaving the land that he lived in, As God was moving them and leading them away from one place and into another, transitioning them from one plane to another plane, she got caught looking back at what used to be. Which brings us to the title of today's message. The title is called The Look Back. The Look Back. Like Lot's wife... All of us have found ourselves in a place where at some point we end up looking back. In those moments, it's important for us to understand what's going on, what's happening. I think movies play this out a lot. You ever watch those like rom-coms? Uh, uh, those romantic movies where you have that couple, you know, the A couple, the alpha couple, and they're dating and then they're in love. And then something happens and it's like, I trusted you. And like they end up getting separated and they're no longer together. And then they move on. And then that person finds a, a new great partner, a great girl, a great guy. And they're out to dinner and that partner's laughing. But then that person is at the dinner table thinking about the old times that they had with that ex that they broke up with. And then what happens in those movies? They end up, I can't be with you anymore. And they leave and they find the other ex, right? They go back to their old person and in the movies, it always, they end happily ever after, right? Now, I'm not, I hope that you haven't been in that kind of situation. Uh, That's the movies, y'all. That's not real life. So I hope that you don't find yourself in that situation often. But we've all been there in some shape or form. We've all been to a place where something causes us to look back at the old. It makes us turn around and reminisce. Want, desire, maybe even regret, show shame. It makes us look back at the past. What is the thing that makes us do that? What pushes us to that point? Why is it that we get so caught up and we look back at the past? Well, first and foremost, sometimes we look back as a result of our emotions and or thoughts being activated. Looking back often occurs when there's some sort of attachment either mentally or emotionally to something. I, I, I love when I meet with people from my childhood. Um, in fact, today's a also, the 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 birthday of a good buddy of mine's name is Jason, uh, and uh, and 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 Jason and Rothley used to drive by my house. I used to li- I used to live like what maybe two or three blocks down here on a hill, and Jason and Rothley used to drive by my house at 10:30, 11, 12, 12:30, one o'clock in the morning, and they would roll down their windows and shout, "The Lord says." The Lord says, Lionel got a big hand. Every time they drove by my house. Now, it was a family joke that turned into this thing. And even now, when I meet up with people, I got a group chat with some of these fellas. And I still say, like, I remember when y'all used to drive by my house. And y'all used to scream at the top of my lungs. And you know my parents never got mad. They always, oh, those guys are so silly. Those guys are so, like, they never got upset about it. And, and the, I look back at those moments. Oftentimes when we meet with people that we know, right, or people that we've experienced things with or gone through a journey with or we have an emotional or mental connection to, we often go back and think about moments that we've gone through together. Maybe it's college, maybe it's high school, maybe it's a trip, maybe it's something. There's a natural component for us looking back because looking back is emotionally and mentally tied to our existence. There are pleasurable things, remember now we talked about in my feelings, there are happy things sometimes that are connected to us thinking about what has happened or thinking about the past. Well, looking at Lot's wife, excuse me, looking at Lot's wife, we see a similar but different picture. Now remember, if you go back to the beginning of Genesis 19 and you read through the scripture, we actually see something important. See, Lot and his family were directed by God to leave Sodom and Gomorrah, leave the land by which they live. And because of their standing with God, and also God standing with Abraham, there's a connection there, and there's another message there that we're not going to touch today. But because God had a great relationship with Abraham, Abraham had requested for Lot and his wife to be saved, right? Uh, and, and, And Lot and his wife were living in Sodom and Gomorrah, and God was getting ready to destroy that city. So as a result of the relationship, God saved Lot and his wife. You see, God called them out of where they were and was taking them to a new place. Oh, now you see where we're going. The Bible tells us in Genesis 19 verse 16 that even though God had called him out, the Bible says explicitly that Lot did not want to go. He didn't want to go. He was apprehensive. He said no at first. And it makes sense because if you read it, there's implications connected for Lot. Right? He had rooted himself in Sodom and Gomorrah. He lives there. In fact, his daughters were supposed to marry men from that town. As we read later in the scripture, during a moment of chaos and possible sin, he was willing to go before the entire town and meet with them to try to deter them from doing an act that was going to be seen as, as, as unfavorable or sinful before God. There was an emotional tie to this place For Lot and his family. And yet despite that emotional tie. In verse 17. The angel of the Lord instructs Lot clearly. As soon as the angels had brought them out. One of them spoke and he said. Run for your lives. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere in the valley. Run to the mountains. If you don't you will be swept away. It's very clear, y'all. Don't look back. Don't stop running. Don't lose your focus, or you're going to get caught up in the destruction. And yet, even though they reached the point where they needed to reach, right? So, in the portion of scripture that we read, Lot and his wife are running away from this land that God's going to destroy. Lot's wife turns around and she looks back. And it says in verse 26 that as she did that, she turned into a pillar of salt. Now, to be real with you, honestly, no one really knows the reason why she turned into a pillar of salt, right? Theologians and historians, both Christian historians and and, 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 and Jewish historians are trying to figure out what was the significance about her turning into salt. Why did she turn into salt? I can't really make sense of it all, but what I can tell you is that the mental and emotional connection here might have been the reason why she turned around, why she looked back. Perhaps she looked back in mourning. Maybe she was sad to see the land that she destruct that, that was destroyed. Um, it, it, for those of y'all that are from this area, I think it's Dutch Lane. Y'all know the um, the baseball fields on Dutch Lane, right? The uh, it was East Ramapo Little League field. Uh, if you know, and you drove past over the last month or so, they actually tore it down. It's there's rubble now. And as I was driving past, I was like. Oh snap. And like I felt really bad. Like I, 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 it was a part of my childhood. I never played baseball there. Eh? But on my way to McDonald's, I would always see it. It was right next to the, it's not too far from the McDonald's that I used to go to. And he's like, yo, look at that. It's changing. And you get stricken. I got stricken with a little bit of remo- uh, regret, uh, mourning rather. Or maybe it was regret. Maybe the coulda, woulda, shouldas, or maybe it was just deep sadness for Lot's wife. Maybe it was even pride or arrogance. I made it out of there, and y'all didn't. Who knows what it was? But no matter what it was, one thing is clear. Looking back became a stumbling block that stopped Lot's wife from moving forward in her next chapter with God I want to make sure you understand that the one thing that we can agree upon is that no matter what caused her to look back the fact that she looked back on her previous life of chaos of calamity and possibly sin stopped her from moving forward you see God had pulled her out and instructed her not to look back and yet on the way to where God was taking her she, in fact, does look back. She looks back at the mud, at the destruction, at the mayhem that she leaves behind against God's commandment, and that leads to her own destruction. You see, when Lot's wife looked back, whether it was because, whether it was because what she was thinking or what she was feeling, she took her eyes off of what God was doing for her and instead became distracted by the situations and the details that came along with that situation. Now, now, now think about that. God gave her an instruction and even as God was moving she turned around to look at what she was leaving and took her eyes off God. It became a Distraction. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there in your life? Have you ever been to a point where even though God is doing something, God is moving, God is repairing, God is healing, God is shifting, we become wrapped up in what we may be leaving behind. And as a result, we become distracted. We take our eyes off of where God has taken us. You see, looking back often distracts us from what God has for us or what he wants to do with us. I ran track in middle school and one of the things, uh, when I was young, I was pretty quick, right? I was fast. My sister was a lightning bolt. My sister can run in a straight line really, really, really quickly. Now, I was quick I wasn't as fast as my sister was during my, my, my early teenage years, but I could move and I could shift really quickly. So I thought, yo, let me run track. Like, I'm going to run this thing on track. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try. I was also a little, like, I wasn't in the best shape around this time. So I, looking back at it, I've set myself up for failure. But uh, 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 one of the things that my coaches taught me was no matter where you are, no matter what position you have, always look head and never look back and i remember that there was one meet where we were running and i was the third leg and i was running the 4 by 100 and, and and i remember getting the baton you know they say go stick and i got this stick and let me tell you i was zooming i was going i was out and me thinking i'm like i got it i got it and just like in any sport whether it's football basketball whatever sport it is soccer When you hear the footsteps behind you, you begin to think. You begin to hesitate, right? So I began to hear the, and I began to hear the uh, 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 other people behind me. And what did I do? What did I do? Instead of saying focus on where I was headed, I decided to look back. And I went from first place to third place. Just like that. I made the mistake of turning my head, and sure enough, I lost my momentum and lost my focus. You see, looking back disrupts your momentum towards God and your focus on God. Let me say that one more time so you can understand this. When we look back, it disrupts your momentum towards God, and your focus on God. We saw what happened to Lot's wife. In verse 26, she becomes a pillar of salt, and I think that the pillar is really important because we got pillars. If you look around this building, there are pillars that actually stand along this wall, and the thing about a pillar is a pillar is unmovable. You cannot move it. You cannot shake it. You cannot disrupt it. It is stuck. It is static. It is stationary. It's frozen in place. Her distraction led to her becoming a pillar, which caused her to become immobilized. Frozen in place, looking back at her circumstance. Let's take a look at another person who looked back and his name is Peter. You see, Peter and the rest of the disciples were out at sea, and they get caught in this storm, right? One of my biggest fears is getting caught in a storm out at sea, right? Especially, you know, them big cruise ships, and you see those videos of the water going, no, 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 no. I saw, I saw a video of water getting on a cruise ship because there was a storm outside, and I said, you know what? I'm all good. My, my feet, I like my feet nice and dry and on on dry land, so I think I'm all the way set. Peter and them find themselves in a storm, and as a result of this storm, they become afraid. They think that the boat is going to sink, and then, poof, out of nowhere, Jesus shows up walking on the water. And we read Matthew 14, verse 27 through 29, we see something here. Jesus calls out to them right away, and he says, be brave, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, is that you? Peter asks. If it is, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus says. Y'all, 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 how many times has that happened? How many times has that happened to us? We find ourselves in the midst of a storm or a situation and remember last week we were crying out to God God where are you God we need you God please come to me and at some point God actually shows up and we say to God Lord if it's really you Lord let us come to you let us get close to you let us feel you and then Jesus says come And Jesus is beginning to call us out of whatever storm we're going through, whatever situation we see ourselves in. But let's go back to Peter real quick as we look at ourselves. In verse 30, the Bible says that Peter saw the wind and the waves and became afraid. Huh? Peter went. When he stepped out on the water, when God called him out, he steps out on the water, focused on God, moving towards God, walking towards him in faith and in purpose. And then he ends up turning his eyes away from Jesus, looking back at the situation that he was fearful of in the first place. You see, looking back at the waves and the wind and the water caused Peter to lose his momentum and his focus and his speed towards Jesus. And he, 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 he loses the, 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 the pinpoint accuracy of the goal that he's moving towards, that destiny that he was moving towards, the one that Jesus himself called him out to and he begins to sink right where he's at. How often do we find that even as, Jesus is, mm, even as Jesus is calling us forward, we lose track because we've looked back. We lose momentum. Our spiritual life takes a hit because we've looked back. Our prayer life takes a hit because we look back. Our faith takes a hit because we look back. Our trust takes a hit because we look back. We get caught up. We get stuck. And we lose momentum and focus towards Jesus. Here are two things that we often look back at. Ready? Here we go. Listen up. As human beings, these are the one, two things that always trip us up. You ready? Listen. It's either one, a circumstance. Number one, a circumstance, a something, a somewhere, a someplace that has us caught up, that that makes us, that pulls on our heartstrings, right? That pulls on on our mind that we have a hard time cutting those wires and and, and we can't help but feel drawn to that place, that thing, that event, that circumstance that makes us stuck or it's people, Mm. it's people that get us. Looking back, that relationship, that friendship, that connection, that acquaintance that makes us turn around and wish that we should have, could have, didn't, we stayed, we never left. And what I'm about to say, we're, we're actually heading towards the end. What I'm about to say right now is the meat and potatoes of today. And I want for us to walk away with this, whether you're struggling with a circumstance or a person or an event or a place or a thing that has you caught up this morning, that has you stuck, that has you looking back and is keeping you from God, fulfilling his will in your life. I want to say this to you right now, and it is simple, and yet it's the most difficult part of the journey. So here we go. I wish someone was there to say this to Lot's wife many years ago. I'm going to say it to you. Ready? Don't look back. It's not worth it. That's for somebody listening right now. I said it. It's out in the open. And I'm going to say it to you again. Don't look back. Stop looking back. Stop turning your head. Stop thinking and going to that place. Stop turning your eyes. Stop shifting your focus. Stop moving your attention. Don't look back. Don't be like Lot's wife and get distracted by what she left behind. Don't be like Peter and become afraid or stuck, or emotionally moved and compromised because of what you see around you. Don't look back because this is what I want to say to you. It's not worth it. Let me say it one more time. It's not worth it. It's not worth what it's going to cost you. It's not worth what you're going to give up. It's not worth what you are going to lose. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. Whatever you're trying to hold on to, the person that you are trying to keep in relationship with and salvage, even though God has done every little thing to cut the strings between y'all, don't look back. That job that God has tried to get you out of time and time again, and despite all the opportunities that he's placed in front of you, You stay there because something keeps you there. Maybe it's a co-worker. Maybe it's the environment. Maybe it's something that's going on. Maybe it's the ease. Maybe it's the complacency. Maybe it's the fact that you don't have to work hard. Whatever it is, God's been trying to move you from that. And you stay stay stuck there. Maybe it's a habit. That thing that you know that is no good for you and that you've brought before God and he actually has broken the chains off of you. But you because it feels familiar, have looked back and begin to put the chains on and say, you know what, one more time, Jesus, one more time. Let me, one more time. Let me look back one more time. Let me touch it one more time. Let me taste it one more time. Let me go there one more time. Let me do this one more time. Let me think this one more time. Maybe it's that place, that environment, that scene, that every time you get an invite, it's almost as if God himself messes up your plans and you can't go. Go. And even though it's clear that God don't want you there, you end up finding a way to get back there and look for an invitation. You can't wait for the next, well, maybe next weekend they're going to invite me. Maybe next weekend I'll be able to go. Well, maybe next time I'll be able to go. Maybe next time I'll be able to be there. Maybe next time the situation will work out. Or that friendship, the one that you also know, despite your best efforts, Is not challenging you to grow, to be better, to think better, to be closer to God. In fact, it's doing the opposite. Listen to what I'm saying here. Not every friendship, right? Not every single friendship causes you to grow and flourish and this. I'm not a fool. I understand that. But the other side of the coin is there are certain friendships, there are certain connections that we have that they actually cause you to become a worse version of yourself you know exactly what I'm talking about this morning you know exactly who I'm talking about this morning that friendship that every time you get with them your your partner your boyfriend your girlfriend your wife your husband your mother your, your father your auntie your best friends be like hey yo what happened to you why are you talking like that what's going on here and you can't let go of that friendship because remember last time we talked about quantity and the years and the time and the energy that you spent in that friendship you can't let it go Think about that situation right now. <laughs> Whatever the situation is in your head, think about it. Take a second, meditate on it. Take a second, listen listen to it. Take a second, think about it. What is that situation? Whatever it is. And now, I want you to repeat after me. Ready? Literally, I want you to repeat after me. It's not worth it. No, 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 no. I need you to repeat after me. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth where God is taking me. Oh, no, no, no. I need you to say that even louder wherever you're at. It's not worth where God is taking me. It's not worth what God has planned for me. Say this with me. Don't look, don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Y'all, don't look back. It's simple, but I, I, it's hard, I know. But, but don't look back. Y'all, look where Lot and his family accept his wife end up at the end of the story in verse 29 so when god destroyed the cities of the valley he showed concern for abraham listen he brought lot Lot out of safety when he destroyed the city where lot had lived y'all god kept his promise to lot and brought him to safety but his wife missed out because for her The look back was more important. Mm. My God, sometimes the look back is more important. That last time is more important than where God is taking us. Whatever she tried to hold on to in that moment was more important, but in the end, it cost her everything. Look what Jesus says about Lot's wife. Look what Jesus says. Hundreds and thousands of years later about Lot's wife. Ready? Look what he says. Hundreds of years later, rather. He says, remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. Y'all, that's, 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 that's a word for somebody here today, for somebody listening today. The translation of that is holding on what you, to what you think is good may end up costing you more than you've bargained for. Now, you might be sitting back and you might be like, hold up, hold up, Lionel, hold up, hold up, hold up. This feels conflicting. Because for the last eight months, you've encouraged me to accept my feelings and bring them before God and understand my humanity and how things move and how things move me. Doesn't doesn't this fall in this category? Sometimes, Lionel, I can't help but want to look back. Sometimes I can't help it because there's things that are connected. And if I'm accepting my humanity, I got to accept that. Okay. I understand. There are times if we're going to be honest as a human, sometimes we can't help but look back. That first look. You heard me? Sometimes that first look, we can't help it. Sometimes that first look, it just ends up in front of us. Sometimes that first look just pops into our mind. Sometimes that first thought just, boop, hits us. Sometimes that first feeling comes out of nowhere. We're like, where the heck did this come from? Like, how come I'm feeling this way? Remember David? Remember when we talk about David? Remember he was on the balcony and he took a double take? That second look on Bathsheba is what cost him. That look That he knew he shouldn't. That first look, we all know when we're like, oh, shoot. But it's not the, oh, shoot. It's the, oh, oh, shoot. It's the second one. It's not the look. It's the look back that gets us in trouble. And even deeper than that, y'all, listen. Your humanity doesn't come before obeying God. Even deeper than the look back and your feelings and your humanity, if God gives you an instruction, what you feel, what you think, how you act doesn't come before what he's commanded you to do. I wonder what would have happened if Lot's wife mourned and wept before the Lord while she still moved forward towards the land that he was taking her to, right? She didn't get in trouble because of what she felt. She got in trouble because she disobeyed the Lord. I would beg to think that if she had brought her feelings to God and said, Lord, that was my life, Lord, that was this, Lord. I'm so angry. How could this happen? We got to move again. We got to God might have been like, my child, come here. I got you. I get it. Bring that to me. I hear that. Bring that here. Bring that disappointment here. Bring that frustration here. But don't do what you want to do because I've told you to do differently. When we follow our feelings instead of obeying God, when we do that, when we do what we want to feel, when we do what we want to do because of what we feel rather than obeying, when we do what we think And what we believe, and we say that that is more important than what God is asking for us to do, we put ourselves ahead of God, and we make ourselves stuck in our situation. So as we close today, what is that thing? What is that person? What is that entity what is that situation that God has tried to pull you out of, has told you time and time again, has spoken to you in word in song and worship through other people, through movies, through, through sermons? God has called you and yet you remain distracted by what's in front of you or what's behind you. What is the relationship that makes you feel all the feels that you can't walk away from even though God is telling you to step away from it? What is that situation, that circumstance that feels all too familiar and makes you feel comfortable that God is asking for you to step away from but you've invested time and energy and you are questioning God and having a difficult time? No matter what it is today, I'm going to urge you to bring it before the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Right? We can go before God because there's no situation. There's no circumstance. There's no tie. There's no connection. There's no attachment that he can't help us overcome. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every every chain that is on us. There is no in this life, there's nothing that he can't bring us to safety through. And as we go before the Lord in prayer, yes, I'm going to urge you to bring it before the Lord. And I'm also going to encourage you to have a spirit of not looking back. To say to yourself, I won't look back. Because whatever God has in store to, for me is worth more than what I might be leaving behind. It's not worth it. I won't look